All right. Well, it's coming. That's all. all right. That's all I have to say about that. I there you it, go. It's it's coming. That video is coming this year at some point. Yeah, man. I almost hassled you after watching your uh, talk with Adam Kieran about like you didn't get to any of the questions that I had about SRAM chains and how to improve it. Oh, so, that's in the that's in the second part. Well, I didn't. That didn't come up in my algorithm. Oh, well, I haven't made it yet. What's up, party people? Our recording session got a little delayed this week for various reasons, so the show's coming out a day or two behind normal, but just in time to hopefully crank up the volume on your Saturday morning group ride and avoid all those awkward preseason out-of-breath conversation about who's fitter than who that everyone dreads this time of year. We've got Tyler back with us in the studio this week, and we talk gravel nonsense, speculate on who's going to beat who at Mid-South, and answer some gear-related listener questions and more. If you have any questions for the show and you were born before the 1990s, then send us an email at bonkrospodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, hit us up on Instagram machine, or hey, if you're going to be at BWR Arizona or Mid-South, then find us there and give us a shout. All right, let's get this Bonkros party started already. Yeah, I've got like a three-hour ride planned today, and I only have a three-hour time window to do it, so... <laughs> this might, might be an abbreviated episode. Uh, sweet. I thought you could, you could just take this one from the trainer if you wanted to. Yeah, my coach has me doing like a pretty hard workout, so I don't know how well that would go. <laughs> I'm <laughs> supposed to do in real time. I'm supposed to do eight minutes of threshold every twenty minutes for three hours. Sweet. Yeah. So sounds, sounds pretty. Tough. Got that going for me. Early <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We're trying to tune up for BWR Arizona next week, and it's. Uh, it's not going so hot. So <laughs> got, well, got first one of the still. season, right? So you'd be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, Dylan. I thought, and I don't know, Dylan might talk about this too. And he's on, but I, I like sort of thought like when I saw that this event was getting, uh, announced, I was like, Oh dude, that could be like an early season, like easy grab for like a, you know, low hanging fruit result. Mm-hmm. And I figured like, you know, not that many people would prioritize it. People would be going to mid South, you know, the week after, or, yeah. doing other stuff so i was like it, it probably won't get that highly attended and like maybe sneak down there and get a slick top five or top 10 or something but dude it's like like they sent out an email today and they said it's the most stacked pro field they've ever gotten for a bwr race i feel like if you want to do gravel racing in 2020 since 2019 to present like you there's you're going to participate unless you have like world tour fitness you know um, yeah yeah, it's I don't know. I think about it sometimes, and if I if I had wanted to be a a gravel influencer, like the time <laughs> to get into it would have been you know 2015, and, and yeah. maybe in a couple years after. But I don't know. Now I'm that's yeah. I don't know. I guess it'll be a fun fun one to go see the sun for you and be out of the, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. I mean, that's kind of like what it's turned into now is like. I'm going to go down a few days early and just get like some big training days in. Yeah. Um, I've only like ridden my drop bar bike twice since October. So yeah. Your drop bar mountain bike or no, just, well, I mean any <laughs> drop bar bike, but no, just the drop bar like gravel bike. Yeah. Call back to I've the only, I've episode. only ridden my fat bike. That's the only bike I've ridden other than two rides since, sh- since October. You should just show up to BWR with a fat bike with some like skinny <laughs> tires. <laughs> That'd be sick. <laughs> dude, no, yeah. forget the skinny tires, dude. That would be sick if they made like four inch slicks. 
someone's got to yeah like moto tires yeah uh you could just get some like i'm sure there's some very niche like beach tire uh beach racing tires that exist that you could yeah uh, you could snag for sure Mm -hmm. yeah just have so much rolling momentum that you (laughs) never even have to pedal once you get up to speed yeah yeah man it's yeah it's got to be hard like even even rule of three which is probably probably like one of the first, like the gravel race that I'm all kind of like targeting if I'm targeting one. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, it, I did it the first year this is only, this will be the third year. I did it the first year with a team, which was fun. Uh, we were on the podium for that and then did it last year, just like solo with a buddy. But I mean, the field is just getting like more and more serious. Like Russell, I think Russell won in a little over five hours for a hundred miles with, you know, 10,000 feet of climbing, like, it's just insane the the speed at which the gravel, you know, all these gravel races are kind of ratcheting up to. And yeah, yeah again, if you're not a world Olympic el- caliber athlete, then you're there for the spirit. You know, Tough. yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, it used to be like you know, all these big races, you'd you'd maybe expect five to ten, you know, of the stronger guys to show up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that's not the case anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, like I I just got like a a buddy of mine offered, um, to transfer his spot into mid South the week mm-hmm. after. Um, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to get my ass kicked two weeks in a row like <laughs> to start the season, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. like I'm already, I'm a back foot cause I like haven't been able to train that hard yet. You know? So like, it's just, yeah. like, that'd be a tough way to start the season. For sure. I, it's funny you mentioned that cause I, I feel like I had a lot of conversations with my coach about, that this past season for cross do we have the same coach still i think so yeah, yeah okay yeah. Andrew um, Jeanette. yep yeah. um and one of like in the cross peloton right there used to be a or in the cross racing scene there used to be a lot more races so the talent was spread out and over the last like two seasons everybody there was fewer races so everybody came to the same races and also you have these juniors and u23 guys stepping up to elites and they're just faster mm. and so I found myself more often, uh, kind of like down in the dumps about my fitness and about my capabilities. And he was just like, yeah, man, like these young guys are just like faster dudes just show up and it, you're not getting any worse. Like the field is just getting faster. And I'm sure you could say the same thing about gravel, about mountain bike, where you have yeah. either young kids coming up or retired road pros just showing up to these gravel events. And it's like, all right, well, like, I shouldn't feel bad about myself for <laughs> all the training I've put into date or my abilities. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, you know, like there's always the next, the next crop of talent coming up, but with mm-hmm. the endurance mountain bike stuff, especially, or even like the endurance gravel stuff, like it always took a while for the juniors to like get used to the pacing and the nutrition and the yeah. attrition and all that stuff that, that goes into like having a successful endurance race. Mm-hmm. Um, but now like with, with the popularity of gravel, like, even juniors are wanting to focus on gravel and, and some of these longer races. So like, you know, they're yeah. coming up 18, 19 years old and like they're able to hang for five, six plus hours, which used not, that used to not be the case. Yeah. They all want to be, they, they come up wanting to be gravel pros, right? Like I, instead of, <laughs> you know, instead of wanting to like go to the world tour or be a professional mountain biker, yeah. you know, now it's like, I want to be a gravel professional and it's like, well, geez, man. Okay. Like there's no playbook <laughs> for that. You know, I guess maybe right. some of some guys like, like Dylan are kind of writing that story or that, that pathway currently, but yeah, it's, 
to your point, like everybody's just putting all their eggs in the Scrabble basket and it's just getting more and more competitive, um, while still trying to be all about the, the vibes and, you know, having a good time, which is, yeah, the, <laughs> the dilemma of bike racing in general, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So did you, um, did you end up watching that lifetime series? I did. Yeah. Um, I obviously, I think I was on the episode or listened to the one where you guys talked about it. Um, mm-hmm. so I had a little bit, I had a little bit of, uh, background kind of going into it of what to expect. But I mean, I agree with some of the feedback that it would have been nice to hear from, you know, people other than, than the first two top guys. I think last time you were talking about, uh, one of the listeners wrote in about Evar not getting any interview or like yeah. any interview time, which is, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure he showed up to a lot of those races as is and, you know, was traveling around and like doing the events. So yeah, it would have been nice to get more feedback than from, uh, you know, the three, four men that they did. So, yeah, dude, I'm kind of curious, like if he uh, like put his name in the hat for the grand Prix series this year, mm. is he, he's, he's not, not in, in it. it. Okay. No, he's not in it. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of, I, I, I don't know what happened there. Like, I, I guess like, dude, I mean, does, I don't know, maybe it comes down to what his sponsors want him to do. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, he, like I, I mentioned in a previous episode, he came through with Payson and with some other, some other dude. And they did, you know, they showed up to our local gravel race, um, weeknight gravel circuit race. And that's kind of like all that I, <laughs> that I really know about him other than like yeah. unbound. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I know he races on the the beach racing circuit, so maybe his sponsors True. are like, yeah, yeah. Cool, you want unbound from but. from yeah from from what I can tell, and like some of our, um, you know, some of our listeners have written in about this too. But the the European or even just the international gravel scene seems like it's taking off as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's different. Like the the culture is different than here in the states. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's getting more competitive. It's getting more notoriety. It's getting, you know, more events all around the world. Um, you know, and so there might not be as much desire for Europeans or internationals to, to come to the States anymore because there, there are other races that they could go to now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you see that push from the industry, right? Of every company now has some type of gravel bike or is, you know, there's gravel specific components and how much emphasis and kind of competition and money is going into that particular discipline. But yeah, I mean, to your point, if there's gravel events all over Europe, then why spend the, you know, thousands of dollars to fly over here to be away from your family? Cause maybe, maybe there's, you know, the lifetime Grand Prix obviously offers something that I don't know that it exists in Europe, um, a similar series perhaps, but at least on a it's hard to say they probably exist on like country scales, right? Like in Denmark, uh, the listener was talking about, you know, they do have the gravel, the gravel crit series, um, Mm -hmm. which I imagine is not just, you know, a weeknight series. It's probably across the country, but yeah, on the scale and in promotion that it gets here. I don't know. Yeah. And and obviously like the grand prix is still having a big impact and and effect on like the international scene too. Cause like we, Mm -hmm. we've seen some pushback from international fans and and riders too that the the announcement of the lifetime grand prix like mystery event being Mm -hmm. the the rad um Mm -hmm. that those dates overlap with the world championships Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of people that were like that's you know why would you do that so obviously like the lifetime grand prix is big enough that like the internationals (laughs) recognize the fact that like there's going to be a handful of u.s based riders that aren't going to you know participate in both Mm -hmm. um 
you know, or international riders who can't come over and participate in, you know, that race and part of the series because they're targeting gravel worlds or whatnot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is kind of interesting, you know, and like lifetime is definitely trying to do their own thing and the mm -hmm. UCI is trying to come and do their own thing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there is kind of this, you know, inner discipline, rivalry type thing going on yeah just a clue in for the listeners that that's how bike racing works in america promoters <laughs> don't talk to each other and they just schedule shit on the same date as uh as other races that have been right. existing and around for a while here i just popped in here are we talking about how usa cycling totally botched their nationals or are we talking about something else oh did they announce nationals we talked i think we talked about this on the last show that they they are putting xc nationals the same day as crusher and the tusher Oh, no, no, no. We were, we were talking about uh, the rad part of the Lifetime series being the same date as the Gravel Worlds. Oh, yeah, that too, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I see that on like a local scale where there will be, I don't know if you guys see this in your area, but there's almost this dilution of, of the popularity of events because there's so many different types of yeah. racing all happening at the same time. And so it's like, okay, I could go travel four hours to go do this gravel race that used to be pretty big. Uh, or I could just sleep in my own bed and, you know, do a local, whatever mountain bike race, mountain bike yeah. race or something like that. Yeah. Like I'm gonna stay that's that's a good sure. point. And I, I didn't really thought about that, but you know, it's with this, with the popularity of gravel, it's also popularizing interdisciplinary riders Mm-hmm. And that, that trickles down to like the amateur and entry level riders too. You know, people yeah. are trying to, you know, bike shops are trying to sell people. They, you know, do it all bike, but also like they're still promoting like, well, you know, you need a mountain bike too. You know, like you need, you know, if you're going to do this bike racing thing, like, you know, you got to do all the disciplines. Um, I would say like yeah. road racing is probably the one that, you know, still is kind of on the decline, but um, it seems like a lot more riders these days are doing like, they're just off-road riding. They do gravel, they do cyclocross, they do mountain biking. Um, yeah. so yeah. So if, if, if they can stay local and do a different discipline, they might not travel to that regional size race. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like a lot of these big gravel events have always been like destination type races. Like we were just talking about BWR and like, you know, I'm sure it draws people that want to just get away from winter and or they want to chase the BWR series and it's in San Diego and Arizona and uh, North yeah. Carolina. Like there's, there's cool events happening. And if you have the time and ability to go there, but I think there's so many local events popping up like that is just, it makes it, you know, if you're trying to balance your priorities, you really have so much PTO. Like, right. you know, are you yeah, going to yeah. put in the effort to fly to Arizona if you've only been riding your fat bike for three months? <laughs> unfortunately sure. yes unfortunately. <laughs> so adam are, are you going to arizona yeah yeah i'm still going okay. all right i think i mean i i haven't seen a start list and i don't know if they have a start list maybe you guys already talked about this but i think that's going to be a stacked race so yeah so bwr sent an email today and they are calling this the most stacked pro field they've ever had at any bwr race to date wow yeah <laughs> More stacked than uh, BWR San Diego in 2021? No, 2020. Yeah, 2021 BWR San Diego. Apparently, yeah. Wow. All right. They only put like they only put like they only announced like ten or twelve riders. Um, Who they who they announce? So they've got Keegan, Howes, Stetna, Blevins, Finsty, Lance, Howie, Taylor Ledeen, Keel, Alex Hone. Uh, Stefano Barbary, 
Ethan Overson, never heard of him, or Martin Murillo, never heard of him either. Sorry, um, Ethan and Martin. Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> they, they must be stacked. I don't, I don't know. But um, no, I so. I think that, but there's there's more than this that I know of that are going. So so based off of that list, if if those if that list that you just read to me is the heavy hitters that are going, I mean, no doubt that that's a stacked race. But I would say BWR San Diego 2021 would still take the cake as the most stacked BWR. Today. Yeah, for, I, I agree. Um, I'm pretty sure Lexi's going. He's not on this list. Mm. Um, I think I saw like Ben Hoffman's going. I mean, he's like a triathlon dude, but still yeah. strong. Um, there's like a, there, there are a handful of other riders that I know that are going that didn't make this list that I think probably could have. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I also don't know if they're just trying to get last minute, uh, entries by by saying that but um either way it's going to be it'll be tough they also say it's the it's like the hardest course the most challenging course to date okay which that sounds fun i feel like they like to say that a lot about all the courses <laughs> but <laughs> yeah i mean I, I their thing is just to have like well their thing is to have the hardest course but it's also to have a course where you're going to be on the wrong bike the whole time like it's 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 uh, the perfect bwr course is 70 percent road 20 percent gravel and then 10 percent single track so you're just like what bike am i supposed to ride yeah yeah i don't know it says we're gonna be riding trails through the mcdowell mountain mcdowell mm-hmm. mountains um sandy gravel off-road sectors do you, know, do you know what percentage is paved um, it said somewhere, I think I saw 60% paved, which is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. That's so like 75 miles of, of pavement. Yeah. They love to throw in all that pavement just to, just to get people like, oh, man, should I run my road bike? <laughs> it says, it says the finale, it'll, it'll finish with a series of steep paved climbs with pitches up to 20%. Wow. Yeah. Well, sounds like mm. sounds like a good course for Keegan. Yeah. <laughs> what course isn't a good course for Keegan? Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Tobin's going to be there. Forgot yeah. who they didn't. Put I'm assuming that on. I'm assuming that on the women's side, probably Sophia Gomez. Yeah. Lil Sophia, Whitney Allison, Emily Newsom, Danielle Larson, Lexis Scarda, Starla Tettergreen. Ariana yeah. Milelli, uh, Lindsey Goldman, and Sydney Nielsen. Um, okay. So, yeah. a few hitters there. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, good luck. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm not going because I don't think I'm in shape <laughs> for that yet. Dude, that's what I said to Tyler. So, I, I told you and Drew that I got offered like a uh, entry into uh, Mid-South next week or the week after. Yeah. But I'm like super hesitant because I really don't want to get my ass kicked twice, twice. back-to-back weekends to start my season. Yeah. Dude, Drew, Drew is like nonstop rubbing it in my face that he's got this 390 20 minute power test that he just did. And he's like, Oh man, you're going to get crushed at mid South. You're going to get crushed. at South." It's like every conversation we have lately. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm nowhere near 390 for 20 minutes right now. So we'll, I think he's fitter than me. It'll, but that's, that's also a little bit more of a tactical gravel race. So we'll see. Did he calibrate Drew's before he pretty, did that test? Drew's pretty tactical too, though. He is. <laughs> he, he knows what he he's not. He knows what he's doing. So yeah. 
Yeah. Is he is he running the 50K run the day before again this year? No, he's not doing uh, that. He's just doing the bike race. It's going all in for the bike us. race. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Did uh, did Drew calibrate his power meter before he did that test? Or I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that the, the his power meter was just way off because those numbers are ridiculous. He like just took a two week break too, man. It's so fresh. Jeez. Well, um, but I mean, even even if he could do three ninety for twenty minutes right now, which he probably can, his power meter was probably fine. Um, he's not he's not the strongest rider there in terms of like watts per kilo for 20 minutes. Like, you know, Pete Stedna is going to be there and, you know, other, other guys. So what's the, uh, what's the weather outlook, uh, like for next weekend? This is a great question for mid South. Yeah. It, to be Dude, if it's wet, I would just cancel my flight now. <laughs> um, here, I'm going to look that up. Dude, it's, it's supposed to rain for the race down in Arizona. Okay. That could be all right. That could actually turn dust to hero dirt. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping it's like 40 and raining. <laughs> there you go. Dude, it's 28 degrees in Stillwater right now. That's atrocious. All right. Yeah, it's cold out here. So I'm getting a t- the extended forecast goes out to the day before, which is Friday the 10th. Mm-hmm. And it says it's going to be 54 degrees with a 53% chance of rain. But that, I mean, that, that's two weeks out. So. <laughs> Man, all I remember is the, I've never done Mid-South. I was signed up to do it in, in 2020 and on top of COVID kind of popping off like right around that time frame, uh, it was also going to be, I think, I think it was really wet that year and talking to a couple of people before they had already offered, you know, if you're not comfortable, we'll, you know, push your entry. And I talked to someone and they were like, yeah, if it's wet, you're basically doing like seven hours of like leg pressing like it's just not going to be fun for, yeah, for a hundred mile that, ride that year did look that year did look absolutely horrendous uh Dude, is the, the, is the race year. on the 11th set, it's so, on saturday yeah. right yeah. Or, or sunday saturday saturday yeah, my, my thing shows 68 and sunny with pretty steep winds though great oh yeah it's gonna be windy yeah it's never not windy in oklahoma yeah <laughs> Well, good luck. Yeah, survive. I'm going to need it. <laughs> Sounds like just Adam's going to need it. <laughs> just hang on yep. Drew's wheel. Dude, yeah. I, I I, was talking to someone either earlier this week or last week. It must have been, must have been this week. No, it was, it was before Drew talked, like, was ranting about his FTP. Uh, so it, must have, it was last week. And they were, talking, they were going to Mid-South. And I was like, I was like, Dark Horse pick right now is going to be on Dillman. Like, I don't know why I just have this sneaky sense that he's going to swoop in and be like on form. Here, okay, I I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from Drew, and I would be super happy to see him win. But what I will say about Mid South is that given the competition that is forever going to show up at Mid South now, it's going to come down to a. It, it's either going to be like last year, Cole Patton did a very sneaky late breakaway, um, but it's going to be like a road race where it's going to be either a mass sprint finish. And when I say mass sprint finish, it's probably like, you know, what, 10 guys, but that is mass for gravel. It's going to be a sprint finish or somebody's going to do a late sneaky move. Now, Drew could do a late sneaky move, but I think more than likely it's going to come down to who has the best sprint after five hours of racing. And I don't think that's true. So you're, you're not going to try and go for the 60 mile break like you did last year. (laughs) 
No, I've, I'm actually my. I'll just tell people my race strategy now. Not like anyone. Not like anyone is even like gonna care or adjust their strategy based on what I'm doing. But I'm just my plan. I'm not even gonna have arrow bars on my bike, and that should tell you something right there. I'm. Lit- I just want to stay with the group until the sprint finish, and then do the best sprint I can and hope for the best. That's my strategy. You're not just gonna ride zone two until they drop you, and then carry on like you do in your group rides you're talking <laughs> about doing in your group rides <laughs> i mean hey drew got sorry that was a uh, yeah <laughs> some shade from someone who does not have a 390 watt ftp nor has done the race i mean drew was third in uh in 2019 in the, yeah, in the spring and finish so, right so he so that's yeah for so first of all he was third out of three i i'm talking i i'm talking so much crap about drew right now i wish he was here to talk crap back to me he was third out of three people. He loves to throw that result. He's like, I got third at Mid-South. I got third at Mid-South. I'm like, you got third at Mid-South before gravel blew up. Like, yeah. you can't. I, Dude, I got a top 10 at Unbound in 2018, but I don't, like, I don't go around being like, I got top 10 at Unbound. I got top 10 at Unbound. I got top Why 10 not? at Unbound. <laughs> you should. I, mean, I, I guess I could, but, like, it's, it's like, you know, <laughs> just, just. So he, what was that? What year was that? 2019? Yeah, 2019. So I got top 10. Unbound and Mid-South are both like gravel classics of the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. In 2018, my time, and that, that year the course went south, which is the faster direction, where and it went south last year, and everybody blew the time up. In 2018, my time to get ninth place at Unbound was like 11 and a half hours, Right. And then this and this past year in 2022, my time to get 25th place was was just under 10 hours. It was like 958. So like Mm -hmm. almost an hour and a half slower to be 16 places back. And I think and and you could like you could do the same thing with Mid-South. Right. Um, So, you know, I I tell Drew that all the time, but he he and I again, I wish he was here, but like he loves to throw that in my face. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I do think it is different, though, because like like an Unbound or Leadville, like those are those are definitely more like time based races. Mm hmm. Whereas like a mid-south so, is like you show up, I mean, so, like you, if look, you can stay I'm, with the front group, it doesn't matter if there's, you know, if the front group's doing it in four and a half hours or five and a half hours, like you either. No, 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 I get that. But like, I'm not, I'm not even comparing times at mid-south, but like, let, just for example, let's say that you're, let's say you're in the 98th percentile of fast riders, right? And so if there's a hundred fast riders and you're in the 98th percentile, you'll probably get second place, which is awesome. Second place. You're on the podium, right? (laughs) First loser. If you're in the 98th percentile, but there are a thousand fast riders, you're going to get 20th place. Yeah. Right. And 20th place is like, who cares about 20th? Both situations, you're equally as fast, but the number of fast riders makes the results so much less impressive. So I know I was comparing times well, so what there. What you're but... saying here is Drew's going to be in the 20 up sprint going to the line and he's going to get 20th because he got third out of third in 2019. So you just extrapolate that out. <laughs> I I don't know. We'll see. Drew, Drew will probably just do a solo breakaway from like 50 miles out. No one will even know who he is. They'll be like, let that jabroni go. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't peg Drew as he's not. I don't think he's that 
dynamic of a rider. I think he's. What do you mean? I think he's too. He's too savvy for that. I don't think he's going to yeah, just no, yeah, send yeah. A, a hail mary flyer at the halfway point, unless you guys hit like a super techie section and he like cleans it yeah. for some reason. But there's also going to be plenty of other skilled riders there. Do you know are, are Keegan and Russell going to Mid South? I haven't seen a start list. Um, okay, so I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I also know uh, Texas or not Texas Cup, <laughs> Cactus Cactus Cup is going on that same weekend. So those guys might yeah. just stay, stay in Arizona. And well, hopefully they stay in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> Dilution of talent. See, I'm Coming kind of surprised around. that Blevins is going to BWR. Um, Dude, what if he's what doing if Cape Blevins, Epic at the end of the month? Yeah, I mean he's probably using that as like a warm up for Cape Epic, right? Yeah. Or, you know, get it get a race day in before Cape Epic. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Um, yeah. sweet. Well, should we, uh, should we do listener questions? Yeah, let's do some listener questions. Cause I've only got like 20 minutes before I got to do my workout. Are we giving Scott answers on these to rip through them? Sure. Um, if we can, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If we can keep it to dude, every time, every time answers. I try to give a one word answer, I'm like, I got more stuff to say about this though. <laughs> let's see. I feel like we've got a ton of questions that have come in. I have some questions. Should I, should you I do? do my, yeah, some people ask That's fine. me. I've got, I've got eight questions in queue. All right, wait, hold on. Let me, some, some people ask me questions specifically. So, um, all right. Hey, maybe this can be a question for the bonk bros, or maybe it's dumb. I'm coming from a road bike background and all the local road races are pretty much dead. There are tons of big, awesome MTB races, though, so I'm switching more towards that. I know on a road bike, each cable that is exposed is a watt or two based on the length exposed. Is this the same for MTB? I just got a really nice MTB, but it is XTR, so there's a lot of cables out front with the dropper and the lockout. Thoughts on how much slower it is? Dude, you know that MTB stands for mountain bike, right? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just I'm just reading what he wrote. Dylan responded, cut all cables off your bike. Dude, so so if you go on pink bike right now, um, which is you know, it's like a down downhill enduro site, so I'm I don't know what the crossover between our listeners and, and that site is, but I actually like to go on pink bike cause I follow downhill stuff. Um, the meme right now is like, I can't believe the bike industry is making us do cables routed through the headset. Like everybody's like cables routed through the headset is horrible. That's, that's, that's the big joke on pink bike right now is cables routed through the headset. I'm going to say something controversial right now. I like cables routed through the headset on a mountain bike because it reduces the amount of exposed cable and therefore makes your mountain bike more aerodynamic, which yes, I do care about because I do races like, you know, sea otter and Leadville where the average speed is like 15 to 17 miles an hour. Yeah. But if you're doing like, does it matter for local XC races? Yeah. I'm, so here's the, here's the thing about this is that the slower you go, uh, the less aerodynamics matters and it's not linear. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's exponential. So it matters exponentially more, the faster you're going. Um, which I guess you could say it me it matters exponentially less, the slower you're going. So it, yeah, for the most part, if you're going at XC race pace, uh, I wouldn't ignore aerodynamics. Like I would still wear a tight fitting kit, even a skin suit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're getting to the point where you're where you're like, oh, I've got too much cable exposed. I mean, that's the kind of thing that's, you know, over the course of a two hour XC race might be costing you, I don't know, like a, like a second or two seconds or something, maybe not even. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I mean, and, and I think the, the big stink that people are given is that it makes maintenance harder. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I can't think of a single bike that I've ever replaced the headset on. Honestly, like if, if, if my bike is old enough and grungy enough to the point that it needs mm-hmm. a new headset, like I've probably already sold it by then. Yeah, for real. I've never replaced it, had to replace a headset either. So, Jeez. I mean, I, yeah. And, and a lot of, a lot of companies I think are, are routing them through the handlebar now too. Um, which I don't know. I, it, I, I can see that being kind of a pain because if you're like, okay, I want to replace my handlebar but now my yeah. cables are routed through it. My hand. And like, if you're buying a stock bike that, that, you know, has the components that you want and it already comes assembled, like it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, like it only matters for the at home mechanic who like wants to tinker with stuff and like replace stuff. Sure. Which I mean, to be fair, that's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that like to tinker with stuff regularly. But maybe, maybe everyone will be better for the fact that they don't get the chance to tinker with stuff. Like you just <laughs> ride your bike instead of tinkering with it. Right. Instead of, having the opportunity to mess it up somehow. Yeah. Like I used to be like that. Like when I first got into bike riding, like I loved to like build my own bikes and like tinker with stuff or place my like handlebar tape once a month. Like, dude, I haven't replaced my handlebar tape in like two (laughs) years now. Cause like I, even doing that sucks. Like I, I want to mess with my bikes as little as possible. I, I, I take, I take my bike to the bike shop to do very easy tasks that I could do myself. I will say that. Um, and and every you know uh, i have a cycling youtube channel and every once in a while you do (laughs) will you drop the link for us (laughs) (laughs) most of the time most of the time people are asking me training related questions because it's a training related channel but every once in a while i'll get like a uh a mechanic related question like oh like what tool do i need for the bb 47 bottom bracket or something and i'm like (laughs) wrong channel wrong channel i don't I'm, this is not a mechanic channel i'm not a professional mechanic uh so yeah see i'm going the opposite way of of you guys right now i used to take my bikes in for every every kind of little thing mostly because i just didn't have the time but in my like post serious racing days i'm trying to acquire more stuff to like tinker at home or like do some of the basic maintenance. Also the fact that you guys have never replaced a headset. I just want to do more of the races that you guys do. Cause that's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> like you're, you're saying replacing your headset is a thing you've done multiple times on your bike. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Like at least like once well, I don't per race season. Cyclocross, though. <laughs> once a season at least. Yeah. For every bike. Yeah. I mean, there's only two of them. Oh yeah. But yeah, um, I'm, you're you're just making me happier that I don't do cyclocross. Honestly, <laughs> dude, but, I mean something like a mid south is like a five hour long cyclocross race, dude. And I don't honestly, know, I've done plenty of muddy races. Like I don't know, dude, I just just regrease it and like wiggle it around a little bit and get all the kinks out, and then it's fine. Yeah, I mean it depends on like yeah, if you did like a wet mid south, like I guarantee you your whole drivetrain would be trashed. Dude, you so just you need might to as well throw just the bike it. away after you do a wet mid south. <laughs> I yeah. like all of my bikes have like pretty high-end SRAM components and like I haven't replaced like a cassette in years either. Like 
I, I swear, like, I don't know what it is, but like, I just like, and it's not like I like neglect my bikes. Like I wash them and like lube the chain and stuff like that. Like, you but lube I don't know. The I just, chain? My, well, what? Yeah, I don't, I don't wax it. No, I don't. Oh <laughs> my God. Bro. Yeah, my cassette and chain are still fine. I bet there's um, a YouTube video about what you're lo- missing out on. Yeah. I know. Fruits, Dylan's trying to get me to buy this like $30 Silka dry Dude. lube. <laughs> Come come through. I'll give you some M speed wax and another and another spare crock pot. No, you use you use molten <laughs> speed wax. I do. Yeah, um, I'm I'm currently at the point now where I have some new chains and some old chains that I need to like strip down that I've been. Uh, which I was actually going to hit you up about because like, dude, the thought of going and buying like all these chemicals and then having to like get rid of them somehow is just that's like the biggest hassle in terms of waxing. I you know. I'm I'm sure that the that these companies sell their chains with this factory grease on it to preserve the life of the chain while it's sitting on the shelf. Um, at least that's what I assume is the reason. But yeah, it is. Why? Why? You know, it would be so nice if you could just buy a new chain that didn't have any factory grease on it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But and the that's factory why- grease lasts for like months you just run that man do you never have to lube your chain dude adam is adam is running the factory grease and then just like when it starts to squeak just selling the bike that's what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> just flipping it uh yeah i mean like the i don't know i i do like i do like having wax chains but you know the bet with i think silka probably does the same thing like m speed wax they they can sell you like wax chains but yeah now that I'm at the point of converting bikes to axis and the only option is to run a flat top chain, like, you know, I basically have to do that stripping of the factory grease at home, which again is just my biggest hassle and I'm yeah, just lazy I, about can't it. Can't you just drop it in the ultrasonic cleaner with like some <laughs> acetone or something? Yeah. I mean, there's like, like you, uh, I can't remember the specific chemicals you like use mineral spirits to like strip the chain and then you have to just give it multiple baths. I don't have a ultrasonic cleaner because mm. that seems Dude, like you got to get one. It's like 20 bucks and <laughs> seriously, it, yeah. it, 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 like, like the little jewelry one, you get one of those. Dude, yeah. you're talking about how you don't care about what, you know, waxing or whatever, but you have an ultrasonic <laughs> cleaner. I mean, I never said I didn't like clean parts every once in a while. <laughs> Okay. It well, makes it way I mean, easier. Then you know, like like Dylan, when we were at this, when we were at Schwamigan, Dylan was walking around with like a mason jar of acetone and his chain, like shaking know, it for like dude, an that's hour. What that's what I'm talking. It's <laughs> because it's such a pain to get this factory grease off your chain, man. I just wish that they would just. I, they don't have to sell every chain without the factory grease, but they should have a. So they should set you, aside. Why don't you some pitch of, that as a business? Is a product offering for Silka. Like they just scoop up they all these that. chains. They 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 just instead of waxing them though, sell oh. them to you stripped. Yeah, dude. If Silka if Silka yeah. offered a stripped chain that worked with uh, that worked with Axis, I would for sure. Yeah, like I mark think, it up twenty yeah, percent. If it was like if it was, uh, don't do that. <laughs> they can't. No, they're gonna they're gonna, have to mark, they're gonna have to mark it up a little bit. But honestly, I I think I would pay twenty bucks more to not do that. To not have to strip my own chain. Yeah. It's a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know. I'm like, Dude, here's an idea. The they should, impact as well. You should personally. be able to wax your chain without having to take your chain off your bike. You can. You just use a drip. Know. You use the drip wax. Just, 
Yeah. <laughs> Being sarcastic. Novel idea. <laughs> All right. Can we get to some more questions here? Yeah, did that was not the first question. <laughs> did we even answer yeah, that one? I don't what even was the what first question? Oh, the it was question? no, oh, it was about cables on Dude, the mountain bike. Uh, no, yeah, whatever your bike is, like. I mean, first of all, if you have too many cables because you're running Shimano Mechanical and that's your first problem, you need to be running <laughs> SRAM Axis for sure. Like, Jeez. Dude, I mean, a mountain bike, like, that's just, that's the way to go. Um, but if, honestly, like, I, would, I wouldn't change components just because of cables. Yeah. Um, I, be I would it. say that, I, I mean, you're getting into very, very, very marginal gains territory to the, when you're starting to worry about cables on mountain bikes. And, and I, and I say this as somebody who worries about cables on my mountain bike. So, yeah, especially because every single mountain bike race requires you to put a giant wind sail on the front of your mountain bike, which like covers up half those cables anyways. That's also a good point. Although I don't, I refuse to do that. I, I just put it on the side of the bike. Yeah, no, but they don't let you do that for XC racing. <laughs> I mean, that's not, they don't let you do it at any race, but you just do it, and then <laughs> they don't say anything. Okay. My argument is always okay. Never mind. God, just give us your argument, quick. <laughs> My argument is always like they usually have the chips on the back of those numbers, and it's like, man, it'd be a pain. Like an official comes up and just like, man, it'd be a real bummer if we had, you know, we should have like chips or something on these. It's just a dumb argument that they're like, we can't see the number. You have time uh, chips. Uh, agreed. What's the point? Agreed. Yeah. Anyways, it's it is also funny that we have spent ten minutes on this question about cables <laughs> on a mountain bike when we said we were going to do the Scott <laughs> the Scott method. So, okay, so this one comes from Ben. He says another question for the podcast to make sure the tire conversation continues. I have an extra wheel set for my new gravel bike that I want to put road slicks on. One, what size tire would you recommend? It can fit up to forty five mil tires in any specific tire recommendations thanks dylan i'll let you handle this i i don't know anything about you're gonna have slicks. to reread that i i was like only peripherally listening all right what, slicks. what I'm gonna slick jump tires in. should someone put on their gravel bike as their like road wheel set i'm gonna jump in real quick as while dylan contemplates all of the where you can find the specialized uh dylan's gotta look up bicycle rolling resistance quick. <laughs> yeah uh if you're looking for slicks i like the challenge strata stratas like those things are strata are yeah 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 those things are are sweet uh i don't know how fast they are they're extremely they, fast they're like the fastest yeah. gravel tire on them. Do they come in a skin wall yes. uh, i think they do yeah Sick. yeah um so if you're looking for something that's like you're only going to ride on the road or like super light gravel, depending on where this person is. Like I would go with that front. What I run personally, because I like to do a lot of mixed terrain riding on one of my wheel sets is the Pirelli, uh, like Cinturado H's, which is basically like, it's a, it's probably not the fastest tire. I don't know, Dylan, you can corroborate this, but it's definitely good for like a little bit of road riding, with some single track thrown in and some mm. gravel, but that's, that's like what I ride every day is like mixed surface rule three style road gravel. Sure. Yeah, um, single track. yeah I, I like both of those tires. I mean the, the Strata, uh, the challenge Strata Bianchi is like the fastest gravel tire, but it comes at a cost and that cost is both money and it flats easy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and and I think that probably gets to the crux of, you know, what the right tire is going to be is what 
is your priority? Like, do you just want a training tire that's flat proof or do you want to actually ride super fast when you're on the road? In which case you want a lower rolling resistance tire that might flat easier. Do we get any hint of that in his question? No, he just said All he's right. got a new, he's got a new gravel bike and he wants road slicks for his backup wheel set. So I'm assuming it's cause he's going to do road riding on it. Yeah. I mean, so if you're just looking for, you know, like a bomb proof, flat proof tire that you can train on through all, you know, all year, you don't have to worry about it. It's like, uh, you know, what con, uh, Conti Gator skin, Max's yeah. refuse, that type of thing. Uh, those are super slow options, but you're not going to flat most likely unless you do something crazy. Dude, but see here, here's my thought. Like if you're going to go with a slow tire, then why not just run your gravel tire? And then you don't that's have to a, worry about your wheel set. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. So, so like I, I would go, I, if you're going to, if you're looking for a faster setup because you want to ride road, then I would go with like a true road tire. Um, and I would probably cap it at like 35 mil. Yeah. I would, uh, I mean, at the 35 road t- mil strata. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a good, that'd, that'd be a good choice. And, and if you're doing the Strata Bianchi, I mean, that's, I guess, technically a gravel tire, it's probably going to be fine for, for road use. If you want to go with a faster option, maybe Conti GP 5000. Um, yeah. And they make that in the 32, which could be, sick. yeah, I run the 32 Conti GP 5000s on my road bike. And every once in a while I take my road bike on gravel and it's fine. Um, yeah. So yeah, cool. Let's, let's go with that one. Um, okay. So this next one comes from John. He says, I'm not sure if you guys use Reddit, but would love to hear the gang's thoughts on this title. And then he says, <laughs> so it's an article or the, the, it's a forum. It says periodization of low cadence intervals, question mark. Firstly, yes, I know the science is mixed on the results of low cadence training and uncle Dylan from YouTube our Reddit Bellow Sensei does not believe in them. <laughs> I think he just wants you to comment on the fact that someone called you Uncle Dylan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, somebody uh, somebody sent me a message saying, hey, go to the Trainer Road Forum and just t- you know type in the search bar Dylan Johnson and see how many results pop up. And I, I'm not a regular Trainer Road Forum person, but I did that, and it's shocking how much they talk about me on the train. <laughs> um which i'm sure i'm sure the people at trainer road hate that every single time my name is brought up but i mean you're considered the reddit velo sensei that's that's a pretty big deal (laughs) i dude i can count the number of times on one hand that i've been on reddit in my life i'm not a i'm not a reddit user Hmm. Hmm. all right this next one is from brady and he just sent in uh a post from Amazon handmade and it's Crocs that have headlights on them. So Scott, if you're listening to this, which you're probably not, I almost guarantee you're not. Uh, I'm gonna have to send this to Scott. Cause that's headlights hilarious. on Crocs. It's yeah. Like, look, it's got like little headlights. Wow. On oh, dude. You can put those in sport mode and take them off road. I'm sending those to Scott right now. Yeah, dude, there was a, uh, there was a post on Instagram going around of these Crocs that had SPD cleats uh in them really and i i was like oh dude this is so funny i'm gonna send them to scott and i sent them to scott and scott was like look you're you're the 20th person that has has sent me (laughs) (laughs) that's Uh, awesome all right next one comes from josh and he says what's y'all's optimal bike setup for unbound xl i wanted to get the opinion from the marginal gains expert scott 
。酒飲み。フィレックス、I would tell you just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, he, that's probably what he'd say. Unfortunately, he's not here.、Um, <laughs> okay, Unbound XL. Should we give a serious answer here? Does this guy want a serious answer? Yeah, I think he, I think he does. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> All、I'm、right, so Josh is doing it. I, I don't know why, why else would you、I、ask that question? I think that what I would probably. Now, I haven't done enough research into the Unbound, Unbound XL. So, you know, just. Keep that caveat in mind. I think probably what I would do is normal gravel bike with Pathfinder 47 tires,、uh, <laughs> hydration pack, probably four bottles on the bike somehow,、um, maybe a hydration pack that can carry three liters instead of two liters. And then I'd probably have a frame bag that just has a ton of. Ton of food in it, and it, you don't sleep for that race, right? You just keep riding. No. Okay, yeah, and a hundred percent, hundred percent, you gotta have aero bars on. If you don't have aero bars、yeah. on for the Unbound XL, it's like, how else are you gonna sleep, sleep while you're riding? For <laughs> <Right> . the <laughs> here's a here's a follow up question: Would you route the straws for your bottle internally or on externally? <laughs> <laughs> The straws for Dude, your bottle, is, or the how is yeah, that not a thing、bottles. yet? Like, like you know how in triathlon bikes they have like the like the straw that comes up between the arrow、Heck、bars、yeah. for you to drink with in the arrow position. How is that not a thing yet? Didn't didn't it, Colin Strickland do something like that?、You、just he put a frame bag.、Uh, he put a frame bag. He made his own frame bag out of I don't know plastic or something, and and、Garbage、put up bladders. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was re- it was good looking. Like I was. Super impressed with what he did, and then he put a bladder in there so that he yeah didn't didn't, didn't he but didn't he have the straw like coming up <laughs> didn't it, think, didn't、yeah. he also not win that unbound no he got fifth so <laughs> and then we all reach out to him about his uh, about his uh, tips and tricks for how to improve water stops <laughs> I, don't I don't know maybe Keegan、uh, did uh, yeah maybe anyways <laughs> okay well moving on this one's from Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. It's funny.、Um, Dude, remember should, that we should get Colin on this podcast. See what he's been up to. It's probably the last thing he wants to do. But I don't know how to get in touch with him. Yeah, it's okay. All right, next question. All right. <laughs> remember that time you were talking about mass start events, and Scott said that amateurs don't deserve the pro experience. <laughs> <laughs> What a dick! Uh, uh, Pepperidge Farm remembers. I don't know what that means. What? <laughs> I feel like that's a niche call out to Scott. You get it? Did Adam just、Pepperidge、cut out? Farm remembers. Wait, what? What? What?、Sorry. Adam, I just missed that. What did you say? So, oh, did I cut out? I, so I don't know. Said, Maybe he、so、said the thing about you know Scott said that amateurs don't deserve the pro experience, and then he said Pepperidge Farm remembers, and then he put a laughing emoji. What? I don't remember. I don't know what that、it's, means at all. I don't know. That's one for the Scott Files. I feel like、is、I do、Pepperidge、agree that Farm is the cookie, like the Milano's. Am I tripping here? I don't. It, I it is. Milano was the company. 
I don't know. Or is that the cutter? I thought it was a city. Um, (laughs) The, yeah, I feel like that's a call out to Scott, which is just more, um, we should just get Scott recording solo podcasts, responding to people's (laughs) questions. That would be the worst podcast you've ever (laughs) heard. If you're listening right now. So so here's, here's the dilemma that we've been running into is Scott's over in Euroland right now, which means like his bedtime is like optimal recording time. So if you would prefer that we just drop in like a 10 minute Scott only recorded like segment just in the middle of the podcast, wherever it fits, let us know. We can make that happen. You know what we got to do is we just got to call him on the phone and press record and not tell him that we're recording (laughs) and then just include it in the podcast. See what wild thing he says. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, and then, so then he goes on and he says, Dylan, we want to see the test results for maximum girth tires, such as 47 plus versus the tried and true <laughs> 42s. All right. Well, it's coming. That's all, all, right. that's all I have to say about that. I there you it's, go. it's coming. That video is coming this year at some point. Yeah, man. I almost hassled you after watching your uh, talk with Adam Kieran about like, you didn't get to any of the questions that I had about, shram chains and how to improve it oh so, that's in the that's in the second part well i didn't that didn't come up in my algorithm oh well i haven't made it yet well what the fuck <laughs> are you doing <laughs> i don't know i'm just sitting on all the footage i'll, I'll release it when i want to release he's it. waiting until after mid-south God, <laughs> damn it <laughs> all right um okay this is gonna be the last one because then i gotta i gotta do a ride here uh, okay, this one's from Robbie. It says, pod question, if 2023 Dylan was to race the Mohican 100 again, what would you do differently, change, try, and why? Equipment, training, pacing, etc." I thought it was going to be a quick question. Well, I don't mean to brag here, but uh, last time I did the race, I won, so I think I wouldn't change anything. So what did you do? I don't know. I just rode faster than the other people in the race. No, I know, but... <laughs> Robbie here, it sounds like Robbie is probably doing the Mohican 100 this year. So he wants to know, like, if if he could have your exact setup, that would, your winning setup, what would it be? No cables. (laughs) Okay. I would run the Factor Lando full suspension, not the hardtail. I've done hardtail at Mohican before, and it was a mistake. I got very beat up. And if anything, I think there's more single track in Mohican now than there used to be. So. Full suspension, tires, I would probably do Conti, Race King, 2.2s. I would do aero bars. I would do skin suit. I would do hydration pack. Maybe I wouldn't even run a bottle. I'd have a bottle cage on my bike and maybe take a bottle, like, if it gets hot. Um, Oh, dude, that that was like a foreshadowing for... Okay, never mind. Um, (laughs) uh, No, 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 no. For a video that I have coming up. Okay, so I would probably do skin suit, aero helmet, aero socks. I mean, I don't know. What else do you want to know? I mean, he wants to know about training, but I don't think you would like... Oh, he wants to know about training. He says training... No, no, he said equipment, training, pacing, etc. Which he he leaves out nutrition. That's a lot of... Well, you wouldn't do anything different for your training, probably. No. Pacing? Pacing, I would probably... Pacing, I would... You know, given the competition at mohican um i would probably do try to do an even pacing strategy and if people are riding ahead of me i'd probably just let them go and then catch them later that's probably what i would do for pacing and yeah that's it boom cool well you don't even have to show up now you already basically already won (laughs) (laughs) well i wasn't planning on showing up but (laughs) uh cool 
Well, that's, I think we'll wrap it there. Sweet. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go eat some Tyler, lunch. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Have a good ride. Yeah. Once we finally kick Scott off here, then we'll, we'll get you on more often. Hey man, I'm just here to replace all of the guys that just, uh, you know, Drew's gone. So I tried to get, I, I tried to get Drew to come on today and he didn't, he didn't want to. So yeah, he's not, he hasn't been about it. Sad, Drew. Yeah. All right. Well, well, he's got to defend dude, himself. What is your what is your fake empty T shirt? Is that a van life T shirt? Yeah, it's like a Silka van life T shirt. Wow, so, so gravel. Cool, huh? <laughs> I mean, you you are van life. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, think you, you know what I think this is supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be um, the old seven eleven van. Scooby Doo. That too, mystery no, machine. Tyler, what do you say? I said the seven eleven, like a seven eleven team. Yes. I think it's supposed to be the 7-Eleven team van, but instead of 7-Eleven, they put Silka. Oh. They've got a number of cool shirts like this where it's like they take an old, car, uh, you know, race uh, race car. Not a race car, but like, you know, the support, <laughs> <laughs> the support car for races. And they, and they take off the whatever the sponsor logo was and put the Silka logo. At least nice. I think. You'd have to ask Josh Portner of Silka. But. Okay. Well, hey, all the listeners that we didn't get to your questions this week. Sorry, we had way too many. I, there, were, there were still 10 questions. I, I, I miscounted. I forgot about the email ones. We got a lot yeah. of questions. Next week, we'll we didn't, just have we didn't to... Get what, we didn't get to one of my questions either. I had two. Oh, really? Up, so. Okay, well, we'll get to it next week. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, we'll see you guys. See ya. Yeah.